You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered. Listener-supported. Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting for WFHB, this is Brandon Blewett. And I'm Noelle Herhusky-Schneider. This is the WFHB Local News for December 11th, 2023. In today's feature report, local journalist Dave Askins of the B-Square Bulletin reports on developments within the Monroe County Election Board. More in the bottom half of tonight's program. What we really need are people to sign up to be Santas. We are struggling to meet that need. I've got about 500 children left to go. The need is that great. That's Cindy Chavez from Pantry 279. She's running a toy donation program that crashed the Pantry website when more than 1,600 families signed up in the first 24 hours. Find out how to save Christmas for a local family in need later in the show on a new episode of Activate. But first, your daily headlines. The Monroe County Election Board met on December 7th. First, they reviewed CFA filings. The board has a protocol where the first offense of a late CFA filing is forgiven. But after that, they will incur a series of fines. Representing the MCCSC treasurer, John Kinney spoke to the board about why her CFA filing was not in compliance. She was new to the treasurer position early this year as a changeover from the previous PAC. Um, So she was learning on the fly of the uh, directions. We were working to contact the representative here, but there was a turnover in that position with a voicemail, et cetera, neither here nor there. She was able to submit uh, what she thought were correct reports. Um, There was never any indication of problems with the report until hearing from a Mr. Henry. Uh, As soon as she heard from him, she amended the reports and the missing reports and everything is filed and correct as we understand it at this, or as she understands it at this point. Um, and I'm appearing because she had a commitment she couldn't get out of. Board President David Henry asked about the transition between treasurers. To be clear, um, the there was a transition in treasurers. Uh, when when did y'all when did that happen in terms I, of who's? I believe the last treasurer was required to either announce or maybe had some time after. But as of twelve thirty one, and a new treasurer was appointed. Uh, I'd have to look at notes, okay. but. Uh, sometime in maybe February, March. All right. So, so we had a new treasurer transition in, um, and you know, for for just awareness of the public, yeah. You know, when we have PACs, you know, we don't that we don't have the political parties engaged in a nonpartisan PAC yeah. or bipartisan or nonpartisan PAC. So your your options are to call, of course, the election board for assistance with information on how to file or, or that's the, my understanding or the, yeah. the, or the the state election division to gain, gain some guidance there uh, do you know uh, if dr rue had said if they had um if there'd been attempts to talk to either the local or state board for assistance at all as you were working through paperwork i'm sorry I didn't uh, you, was there any attempt by the pack to contact the state election division for guidance on filing paperwork uh, at all in the year or two i'm knowledge? not sure you don't know no The election board voted to table their decision on the MCCSC filing. Later in the meeting, County Clerk Nicole Brown gave an update on the final number of provisional ballots that were accepted for the 2023 municipal election. Um, Provisional ballots are, for whatever reason, typically it's you don't have an ID or you've moved 
and you're in the wrong precinct or some reason that you're issued, you're not issued a regular ballot and then you have 10 days to cure the issue that was the reason that you vote provisionally. Voters leave with an understanding of what they need to do in those 10 days. So if you forgot your ID, you show up at Election Central and let us make a copy of your ID that's given to the board and then that ballot is counted. If you, if there's a, an issue surrounding your address, you might bring a Duke Energy bill to prove that you do live there, you've got a bill in your name and that helps you to cure or any, any type of error. Anyway, we had 15 provisional ballots and um, I'll, for the board's edification, I'll remind you that what we agreed to was to accept five of those and to reject 10 of those. Um, so five more ballots were able to be counted into the totals that we received for the um, 2023 municipal election. She also shared that voter turnout was lower this year and explained she thinks it was due to it not being a presidential election. We had 77,597 registered voters who were eligible. I want to differentiate that from the total numbers of voters in Monroe County. But between the being able to vote on the referendum and living within the city limits of Bloomington, there were 77,597 people who could partake in the 2023 municipal. And of those eligible voters, 10,441 voted. Now, my math is not always the greatest, but I did a little percentage thing before I stepped in here today. And to me, that equates to 13.46% of the number of eligible voters took advantage. Um, many people stayed out. That, that's unfortunate when you think about, you know, how much money it costs to put on an election. Uh, but we appreciate those who did. This is also, um, I, I want to take advantage of every opportunity to thank our poll workers who did show up. We, um, it, it was hard work to get uh, those poll workers to come out. Many people, everybody's excited about a presidential election, but for municipal people think, ah, catch me next year. And um, so I wanna thank any and everyone who helped us with this election, I'm incredibly grateful. Deputy Clerk Kylie Moreland shared the results of the poll workers survey they sent out following the most recent election. We sent out 131 surveys and have received back a total of 55 as of today. Most of the workers want to return to work future elections, saying election day ran smoothly given the short shortage of workers. They were impressed with how well Election Central was able to quickly answer any questions they had, making them comfortable with opening the polls and wanting to come back to work another election. A lot of people have mentioned that they are skeptical about how smoothly the 2024 election will run, uh, given the concerns with having the proper coverage at each poll. Brown added that she followed up with poll workers who responded that they did not have a positive experience. She also noted that she does not expect to have a shortage of poll workers during the 2024 election due to the presidential election bringing in more attention. We did not really have overwhelmingly negative response. I did call one person 
um, who actually offered to come and meet with us and give us some feedback on things that they see in the in real time that might help us give us some feedback. And we have scheduled a meeting with them for after the conference to get their, their feedback. Um, there were some inspectors who um, were not, were displeased because they had to step into other roles because we did run short with not being able to get a lot of poll workers. Um, I'll gently remind inspectors that that's why we pay you a little bit more than we pay other poll workers because you may have to step into a role. Um, unfortunately, somebody told me they thought they should get double the pay because they did uh, two times, you know, they filled two roles. That's not really how it works, but that is why you get that little bit more than you get, um, than, than others get. Conversely, I had some people who came on in a lower role, stepped up into a higher role, and, you know, that, that, is, that takes... Um, that we appreciate that is what I am trying to get at very inarticulately. We appreciate that because you signed on to do one job, you stepped up to do another. We're very, very grateful um, for your help in that. And as I said, um, I believe this will look different in 2024. College students will be here and want to participate in the presidential. Um, don't forget that we can use our 16 and 17 year olds and people get excited as we look to change at the top of the ticket. At the end of the meeting, Democratic Chair David Henry announced that he will be resigning from the election board so that he will be able to run for the at-large county council position. Uh, secondly, will be another shift in the uh, uh, board here as well as I'll be stepping down from the board uh, by the end of the year. Um, and uh, as, of course, the Democratic Party chair will follow me to find a new uh, Democratic representative for our election board uh, as um, I'll, I'll be uh, stepping off the board by the end of the year, as I said there. Um, this has been a really challenging and interesting year. Um, I did not expect to be sitting in this chair uh, this time last year, uh, but found myself in it uh, and, and wanting to stay on every month because there's so many interesting things that go on in this space as we work through our elections. Uh, this board in two different iterations with Donovan Garlitz before uh, Judith um, had recounts on its plate. We had a question of residency on our plate. Uh, we had um, uh, we had uh, caucuses we had to take a look at, and we had a lot of legal questions. I know from the state election division, uh, yeah, I think we put them through the ringer at least. Um, and so I, 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 I thank you all for your professionalism during all of that. It's, it was really uh, an education and uh, you know a trial by fire in some ways. We got through a lot, and of course that's to the Clerk Brown's uh, leadership as well, and, uh, and Judge Benkart having you here too. Thanks for being good partners over the past year. Um, having said that, the reason why I'm resigning is you cannot preside over an election in which you're participating in, and I intend to file for the uh, open county council seat at large here in Monroe County. Uh, and so I'll be a candidate on the other side of this uh, uh, desk at some point, um, filing CFAs on time, Clerk Brown. Thank you. <laughs> and making sure you get that done. So I look forward to uh, continuing to work with all of you in a very different capacity, but we will have a Democratic representative appointed here in the next 30 days. That's my intent. So with that, that concludes my uh, new business announcements. County Clerk Nicole Brown thanked Henry and commended him for his great work on the board. And I want to thank you for your service. You have been very kind. You are very knowledgeable. Um, your service has been unparalleled, for which I bow in gratitude. Um, it's, it's a pleasure working with you, and uh, 
I certainly wish you well going forward. The next Monroe County Election Board meeting will be held on January 4th, 2024. During the December 5th meeting of the Bloomington Board of Public Works, Assistant City Attorney Alexandria Pratt made a case for a memorandum of understanding for a lease buyout of the Monroe County Humane Association. Uh, so the city and the Monroe County Humane Association, or MCHA, uh, are seeking to terminate a lease agreement. Um, under that agreement, the MCHA was leasing a, por- a portion of the animal sh- shelter facility rent-free for 40 years uh, in exchange for transferring its property rights to the city. And under the memorandum of understanding that is currently pending in front of the board, um, <clears throat> that agreement will be terminated and the city will pay the MCHA uh, $95,000 as compensation for uh, the rest of that period of 20 years. Um, and the funding for the purchase will come from the appropriation ordinance that is scheduled for first reading for tomorrow in front of city council. Board member Kyla cox asked how the amount of money for the buyout was settled. Pratt responded. I was trying to discern uh, how we came to the um, amount of money uh, that we're paying. Um, so I believe the amount was the negotiated amount between the parties. Uh, the RAF estimate was $100,000. Um, and after negotiations, that, that amount uh, came down to 95000 Cox Deckard posed a question regarding the language of the agreement where it touches on modifications to the structure. Director of Animal Care and Control Virgil Sauter further explained how they arrived at the amount of $95,000 and what the modifications clause means in the agreement. In the original agreement, there was some language about, um, you know, any kind of modifications or any adjustments that might need to be made. Is is that is all of that resolved? Maybe that has something to do with the negotiation um, of the amount. But I just wanted to confirm that any outstanding, you know, modifications to the structure or something that needed to be adjusted at this point um, has been taken care of. Sure. Um, here's Virgil who can answer this. Hi, Virgil Sauter, Director of Animal Care and Control. Um, for both those questions, yeah, every modification stuff that's um, taken care of, there hasn't been modifications that have been done to the place actually were done as part of the last renovations um, that we undertook at the shelter. Um, so they were city-led um, renovations. And then as far as the negotiated amount, um, that amount that we negotiated um, we were basically looking at the original lease amount as kind of our base point. So we actually came in under what um, the actual buyout would be if we were to move and have to provide that amount for the, the association. Um, so that amount, um, if we were to, according to the old language of the contract, was about a hundred thousand one hundred dollars would better that what the buyout but through the agreement was that we ended up at the ninety five. The board approved the agreement by unanimous vote. It will advance to the City Council for their consideration. The Bloomington Board of Public Works will meet again for its regular session on December 19th.
In today's feature report, local journalist Dave Askins of the B-Square Bulletin reports on developments within the Monroe County Election Board. We turn to Askins for more. The B-Square Bulletin sends out an emailed morning bulletin every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can sign up for the morning bulletin by visiting bsquarebulletin.com and clicking on the tab labeled Subscribe. Here's an entry from a recent edition. More political jostling. The County Election Board will soon have a new member. At Thursday's meeting of the board, David Henry announced that he will be resigning in order to run for one of the three at-large county council positions which are up for election in 2024. Henry is the Democratic Party's appointee to the board, and he is also chair of the Monroe County Democratic Party. That means the selection of his board replacement will fall to Henry himself. Henry had not intended to serve long-term on the election board when he appointed himself as Shruti Rana's replacement early in the year. Rana also resigned from the board in order to run for office. In Rana's case, it was for the District 5 City Council seat, which she ended up winning. That means there are two Democrats who have announced they're running for one of the three County Council seats. Incumbent Democrat Trent Deckard has announced he is seeking re-election. Incumbent Democrat Jeff McKim can't run because, as a federal employee, he is precluded by the Hatch Act from participating in a partisan election. Incumbent Democrat Cheryl Munson has not yet announced either way. Until next week, this has been Dave Askins with the B-Square Bulletin for WFHB. Bloomington's largest food pantry is running a toy donation program this Christmas, and they are seriously short on secret Santas. The Elf Dispatch program at Pantry 279 crashed the pantry website when more than 1,600 families signed up in the first 24 hours. Program coordinator Cindy Chavez still needs 500 donors to meet the demand for families in need, and she's asking for your help on a new episode of Activate. Coming your way right now on WFHB Local News. Welcome to Activate, featuring real people working for positive change in our community, encouraging you to get involved, live your passion, and make a difference. Hi, I'm Sydney Chavez from Pantry 279. Pantry 279 is a food pantry out by Ellettsville that was started by a Girl Scout troop eight years ago. And we grew exponentially hugely fast and then COVID hit and we doubled again. So now we're at about 9,000 people a month that we feed. People can come from anywhere pretty much that need food. They can come once every seven days. We are what they call a low barrier pantry, which means we're only gonna ask you your name, your address, how many people in your household, how many people are under 18, but we don't require any proof. When we started, it was a lot of single parents. 
And then from there, right around when COVID hit, we were seeing a lot of elderly as well. COVID hit and all of a sudden we started to see the middle class. Nobody was safe anymore. And then currently, honestly, the economy is worse than 2020. So we are seeing a lot of our donors in our line. They are not donating anymore, they can't afford it. We're seeing a lot of middle class. Of course, our regular people, single parents, a lot of elderly people, they have to choose between food and heart medication. You kind of have to have both. We also do get children involved. We don't ask questions. We have some children that walk in and get their own food and then they walk home. Elf Dispatch is a child's gifting program similar to the Angel Tree, but it's on a lot more personal basis. Parents can sign up their children for gifts and then people can sign up to be a Santa and adopt children. We then give you all their information and what they want, what they've asked Santa Claus for, and our goal is best Christmas ever. And then the Santa goes out and they buy what they want to buy. Some people get two or three, well, three or four things. They bring them wrapped. We put them in a giant, brightly colored Santa bag with a red ribbon and a giant golden tag with that kid's name on it and a little bit of glitter because you've got to have the magic. <laughs> and then parents come and they get the kids' gifts on the day. This year we cut it, 1,607 children got signed up. We are struggling to meet that need. I've got about 500 children left to go. So we've got 1,100 children currently matched, which is good, but the other 500 still need a Santa as well. We shut down in less than 24 hours. The need is that great. What we really need are people to sign up to be Santas. And you can ship the gifts to the parent, you can porch drop, to the parent, take it directly to the parent, or you could bring it to us. Now, if you bring it to us, we've got to have it between the 11th and the 14th. But if you porch drop or ship direct, you have until the 22nd. So we really need to get those other 500 kids matched. Not everybody has the time to go shopping. Not everybody has the money to go shopping. So any money that is donated currently, unless specifically stated, we want this to go for food, we are going to spend it on toys. If people want to donate extra toys, like say you actually got a duplicate or you're out and you see a sale or something like that, you can drop off new toys to us at the 4-H building at the fairgrounds. I'll be there all week. We need a lot of toys. Gifts for people who are dropping off at the 4-H building have to be in by December 14th. Go to our webpage, pantry279.org. Under the Elf Dispatch tab, click I want to be a Santa. Fill it out. It's nice, simple, quick and easy and I will get you a match really fast. Come to the fairgrounds, bring us some toys. The website is pantry279.org. Go to the Elf Dispatch tab and click, I wanna be a Santa. If you can donate money because you just don't have time and you want us to do your shopping for you, there's a donate button on pantry279.org as well. We will be at the 4-H building at the Monroe County Fairgrounds at 5700 West Airport Road in Bloomington, Indiana, all week from 11 until 6 or later, Monday through Friday. Again, I'm Cindy Chavez from Pantry 279, The Pantry with TLC. You've been listening to Activate, true stories from friends and neighbors who stand up for what they believe in. Activate is a partnership between WFHB and the City of Bloomington Volunteer Network, working together to build a strong, healthy, and engaged community with production support from students in the media school at Indiana University. You can learn more about volunteer opportunities in the WFHB listening area online at bloomingtonvolunteernetwork.org. That's bloomingtonvolunteernetwork.org.
Support for WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. More information online at mpisolarenergy.com. You've been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by Noelle Herhusky Schneider and Cade Young in partnership with CATS Community Access Television Services. Our feature was produced by Dave Askins. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. Engineer and executive producer is Cade Young. For WFHB, I'm Brandon Blewett. And I'm Noelle Herhusky Schneider. Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent daily local news program. You can hear tonight's full broadcast online at wfhb.org. The WFHB Local News is also available as a podcast. Just search our call letters, WFHB, wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe to never miss another local news program. Stay tuned for With Good Reason, coming up next on WFHB. WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio. Our news is written and reported by volunteers working to provide local news, cover local issues, and strengthen our local community. We invite you to participate. You may submit questions, comments, and story ideas to news at WFHB.org. You can become a WFHB Local News Volunteer by attending new volunteer orientation. Feel free to check out the WFHB Local News Archive at WFHB.org to find newscasts, individual stories, and catch a live feed of the WFHB Local News. We are local, longer, 